Welcome to the Side Hustle to Small Business podcast powered by Hiscox. I'm your host, Sanjay Parekh. Throughout my career, I've had side hustles, some of which have turned into real businesses. But first and foremost, I'm a serial technology entrepreneur. In the creator space, we hear plenty of advice on how to hustle harder and why you can sleep when you're dead. On this show, we ask new questions in hopes of getting new answers. Questions like, how can small businesses work smarter? How do you achieve balance between work and family? How can we redefine success in our businesses so that we don't burn out after year three? Every week, I sit down with business founders at various stages of their side hustle to small business journey. These entrepreneurs are pushing the envelope while keeping their values. Keep listening for conversation, context, and camaraderie. Based in Washington, D.C., Danita Dolman has over 25 years experience providing strategic solutions to businesses in need. She's an expert in connecting people to grant opportunities, and to this day, she has helped individuals earn over $8 million in grants. Recently, Danita's company, Seas Community Partners, launched Grants for Biz, a service which seamlessly connects individuals and businesses to grants they qualify for. Danita, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Sanjay. So I'm excited to have you here because um, we're going to talk, I think, in a couple of minutes about just the whole grant space, because I think that's relevant to a lot of founders. But before we start talking about that stuff, tell us a little bit about your background and what got you to where you are now. Sure. Well, my background is in IT. Um, I graduated from the Howard University and um, consulted with all types of industries, all types of businesses, organizations, corporations, government for years. And then like, it's time for me to step out on my own and take all of those tools that I learned and put it in my tool belt and go out on my own. So that's yeah. kind of how I got here. Yeah, I love that. Was this, um, so starting C's, was that the first time you've done something entrepreneurial or did you do something entrepreneurial when you were a kid or, or sometimes before then? So, um, no, Seize is my second company. My first company was a uh, strictly tech company. Uh-huh. And with the um, 08 crash of everything, we just didn't survive. So Seize uh-huh. was and, born after that. Yeah. And so you decided, uh, so because of that crash, you decided, hey, I don't want to do tech stuff anymore. You wanted to do uh, other stuff? Like what was what was the reason for the pivot there? Yes, I was burnt out with tech, and then I started more of a management consulting with C, and then now I'm back to tech. So it's funny how <laughs> every time you think you're out, it pulls you back in. Yes, right? it pulls you back in because that's that's what I was trained in. That's what I know, and and that's um, what's needed now. So we're back. I mean, really, every business is a tech business to some level. Like you cannot really survive as a business without some kind of technology component somewhere along the chain. Absolutely. Absolutely. So before you did the tech, um, the IT tech uh, company, was there anything entrepreneurial when you were a kid? Like, were you hustling for anything when you were younger or anything else like that? Now that I think about it, actually, yes. When I was in college. Uh-huh. Um, I dabbled. That's kind of where I learned, um, besides family, but learned the kind of entrepreneurial uh, spirit in college. And I worked with nonprofit organizations and I assisted them with bookkeeping. Nice. So I had clients 
in college. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you mentioned uh, family. Uh, do you have entrepreneurs in the family as well? Oh, yes. As a matter of fact, I was my uh, grandfather, my uh, maternal grandfather was an entrepreneur. My father is an entrepreneur. So it's, it's kind of in the blood. Yeah. Well, what kind of businesses do they both have? So my grandfather had a move-in and storage business. Nice. And my father has a physical therapy practice. Okay. Occupational and speech practice. Love that. Yeah. It's kind of all over the range. So you got to see businesses that did things very differently. Do you feel like that helped you in terms of starting these businesses and being able to take like those good lessons from those to, to use for yourself? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And I was this the same cousin who I was talking this morning to just like, you know, our grandfather, you know, he had office supplies. So we played with those office supplies and pretended like we had a business. So, <laughs> yeah. So instead of, instead, instead of playing house, you played business. Uh, yes, we did. We did. We called it office. Let's play office. <laughs> I love that. We, we should uh, we should have kids do that more often. That that is a good right, thing, right there. Right. So when you were uh, looking to start C's, um, how did you get started? How did you you know find those first clients? Uh, how did you get everything to you know start moving forward? Um, relationships from from the previous company um, and um, volunteer efforts. And just kind of seeing where some things, there was a disconnect in some things and, right. oh, hey, I can help you with that. I have yeah. experience with that. So, yeah. Um, and then some of those relationships, uh, some of those people just kind of took a chance on me based on, hey, I, I, I think I can do this for you. Yeah. So when you were starting and, and really either time when you started the, the tech company or, or this one, was there anything that really made you nervous or, or kind of concerned about taking that leap and doing it yourself? No, no. Um, entrepreneurship is not for the faint at heart. <laughs> <laughs> is that not the truth right there? Yeah. So yeah. even after the 08 crash uh, and the company kind of, you know, not succeeding and, and having to fold, um, doing it your second time there, no issues, no concerns, no, nothing that kept you up at night? No, just lessons learned, um, just kind of diversifying a portfolio of clients and diversifying the streams of income. That's, that's yeah. the biggest takeaway. Um, a lot of businesses didn't survive that recession in 08, 08, 09. Um, and uh, some of the hourly rates that we used to get, um, they would brought them way down and it just, it just, it just wasn't working. Yeah. When you had that first company, um, were you like very concentrated in a few clients? Like were they a large portion of your revenue and that's what yes. caused the issue? Yes. Okay. Yes. And then uh, a lot of government contracts and government was just not paying those rates that they paid initially when I started. I had that company for years. Right. So in, in moving into this, then how do you make sure that you get that diversity of revenue that no one client becomes too big of a, of a portion of your revenue. Like, how do you manage that? Well, once we have our, our, our suite of services and it's kind of fine tuned and um, just kind of in the business development phase, as we're putting our, our clients, so no, no job is too small. So we kind of rate them small, medium, and large opportunities that we pursue. 
and um, around those same suite of services. And then, oh, by the way, we have a product that we created. So just, just trying to diversify the client base, diversify the streams of income. Yeah. So let's talk about that product. So you built this product, Grants for Biz, um, and this came out of, of what? Like, how did you realize, like, hey, we need to build something to solve this problem? Um, because every, you know, because of the reputation that we had with successfully assisting clients with uh, grant opportunities and people would just call it like literally every day. Hey, someone gave me your number and I saw this grant that I want to apply for and, and that type of thing. Or, or we get the call, can you help me find grants? Um, and so, or I would call, you know, kind of what I consider VIP clients and say, hey, there's this opportunity out. Do you want to pursue it? You know, that type of thing. Well, with all of those different scenarios, we said, why don't we have a matchmaking service and you just sign up and it meets your profile and you have potential opportunities that you can apply for. Okay. So you you basically automated the thing that you were doing in your head before yes. when people were calling you. Okay. Yes. Yes. And it saves, you know, because people are like, I don't know where to get started. I don't want to know where to look. Well, <laughs> if you sign up, subscribe to our service, you don't have to you'll get opportunities that you potentially will match for based on the profile that you create. Right, right. So um, so you do that part of it, so that helps them find the grants. Um, but then is there another service you provide to help? Because writing for grants, and I've done, you know, I've been involved in the process before. It is a, it's more of an art than it is a science, I think. Yes, um, yes. Do you, do you get involved in helping on that side as well? Then? Yes, yes, yes. We still do the writing. Um, but, um, we give you an opportunity if you, if you think you can write, then that's fine. Or you want to get somebody else to write, that's fine too. Or you right. can use us. It's yeah. just, you know, there's, there's, you know, the sky's the limit. There's different opportunities and there is an art to grant writing. It's the way that you still, you tell stories. Right. So it, it's, uh, feels interesting to me. So it feels like what you've done here. Um, is you've, you've taken load off yourself. So you don't have to answer those calls of like, Hey, I need help finding this grant. Right. right. But then you've also created uh, client flow, like opportunity flow into your actual services uh, as well. And Absolutely. so how did this help the business? Did this like supercharge revenue? Like, like how are you seeing this impact in terms of the business? And it is, it is picking up. We get calls, um, like I said, every day. Um, and, you know, the, the hope is with, with more awareness to the product that we will, in fact, increase client base and subscribers even more. Support for this podcast comes from Hiscox, committed to helping small businesses protect their dreams since 1901. Quotes and information on customized insurance for specific risks are available at hiscox.com. Hiscox, the business insurance experts. Okay, let's switch gears a little bit. So uh, you, you've been through this a couple of times. Uh, I'm sure it was stressful the previous time because of the 08 recession. How, are, how do you manage stress now and juggle the, the demands of business and personal life and you know, like family and all of those kinds of things? Mindfulness, 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 meditation, prayer, uh, exercise, 
just really taking my mental health serious. Yeah. Do you, um, do you have like a routine every single day that you stick to? That's kind of like, Hey, I'm already set up for like 8am is this and you know, 7am is you like, do you do it that way? Or do you do it kind of as it kind of comes? Um, definitely. Now I would like to be more intentional about the seven and 8am. So it, it depends on what happened the night before in terms of work, how late I was up and, and so forth. But I still like to start with, with prayer, with scripture, with, um, uh, a meditation and, um, Usually at the beginning of the week, I kind of plan the week in terms of what calls and activities and so forth need to happen. And then at night, I do uh, meditation again, and that usually will just put me to sleep. Yeah. Um, You you mentioned exercise. Where does that kind of fit into your day? So um, in the morning, sometimes in the afternoon, in the evening, but I try and get... um, I have a rambunctious puppy that <laughs> needs exercise or else he's walking around the house whining. So, you know, <laughs> we have to get that in. And then if it's too hot and he's a chow with a line of hair, he'll look up at me and like, uh, maybe I didn't think this through. Maybe I shouldn't have complained. So I've had to stop and let him, you know, recharge before we continue our three to five mile mile uh, walk. Yeah. Uh, So that might be a hint for everybody out there. If you can't get the exercise in, then then get a pet, uh, which forces you to then go do the exercise. So um, that that could be a good thing. Um, Okay. So I'm interested to hear your answer to this because you are a tech person just like me. Um, What kind of technology or app or apps or systems have you implemented um, that you'd recommend to others that have helped you build up the business? Is there something that you're like, oh, I just could not live without this? Chat GPT. <laughs> Chat GPT. Okay, that's a new one. Um, how are you using Chat GPT? Um, some with research, um, some with content, mostly content. Yeah. Um, we use it for. Um, I just had to announce something. I said, well, let me see what ChatGPT has to say. <laughs> and oh my gosh, it was spot on. And I got actually a few comments from that that, that post. Really? So, so you're, yes. you're using this for blog post or yes. social post? What, what are you yes. using for? Yes, for blog posts that I put on socials. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's interesting. Uh, so if we'd had this interview a few months ago, uh, I don't think your answer would have been ChatGPT, but let's no. let's dive into this a little bit. Um, how did you first get started with it and, and how are you like figuring out? Cause I think that the key secret sauce to it, uh, using any of these tools is knowing how to write the prompt to get mm-hmm. it to do the things that you want. So how are you figuring out, um, how to write good prompts for chat GPT? I think that's probably, I capitalize on my grant writing experience mm. and storytelling. And so, um, knowing how to answer those questions in different applications. And so those that I kind of take it from backwards and help with the prompts. Okay. Because, uh, and- you know, it's, 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 um, you know, the grant app, tell me about a time when you did, or how did you impact that? Or, 
what will this do for you? And so just kind of taking it from the back way yeah. uh, helps me with the prompts. Yeah. Um, how did you get started using ChatGPT? Like, w- what was the first thing that got you using it? And, and then we're like, oh, this is really powerful. Uh, one of the um, consultants that we used introduced me to the tool. And um, he was just, um, he said, send me some questions on X, Y, and Z. And I sent him the questions, and then he showed me what he got back. I was like, OMG. And then I started using it myself, just kind of testing out. I was like, oh, my goodness, this is a game changer. It just saves so much time. Yeah. And then just the whole AI world. And I've just found, you know, other tools when creating logos and graphic images and Right. And, and uh, just, you know, more content, whether it's video or, or whatever. And just they are really uh, time saving tools. Yeah. Um, OK, so uh, beyond ChatGPT, what, what's your number two tech tool that you're like, oh, I couldn't live without this in managing hmm. the business or running the business? Well, definitely um, uh, the accounting system, Wave apps. Wave, uh, OK. Good. That's a good one. And then, of course, um, I am a Microsoft person. I've been using it for 105 years. (laughs) And Google is okay. I I like it when we're working with clients to collaborate on um, proposals or grant applications or something like that. But then I'll take it once it's done and I'll take it and put it over to uh, the Microsoft suite to make it pretty. Yeah. So, um, um, I, I'm, I'm a big fan of both of those that I, I love wave apps. I think it's a great, um, suite for, uh, small and mid-sized businesses. It works really well. It's super friendly. Um, and then the Microsoft suite, now that it's, it's all cloud-based, it, it works really, really well. Um, oh my gosh. And, yes. Game yeah. changers. I can just be anywhere in the world yeah and if i don't have my laptop i can log in and get my file everything is in the cloud i don't know if that's a good thing but everything <laughs> is there sometimes it's, i'm like okay let me break it down for a little bit but um yes still good to have backups uh, yes, even if it's yes. in the cloud um it's funny that they took so long to move to the cloud uh but now that they have it, it's it's great um so let me ask you this so you've had reasonably long career now as an entrepreneur, you you've gone through multiple companies, you've gone through uh, issues probably in that company and this company. Um, if you could go back in time and do something differently, um, what is it that you do differently? And, and why is it that you do that differently? I think um, what I did with the second company is diversifying the client base, the portfolio of, products and services and not relying on, because that, that company was mostly government contracting. And so when that happened, we suffered as a result of that. So this, this time around, I said, I will never kind of depend on one kind of source of revenue. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. And that, I, I think that's hard for a lot of entrepreneurs when they're getting started because generally you know, they might just start out with one client. Um, you know, how, 
if you've seen other entrepreneurs in that same situation, have you given any advice about how they think through diversifying that? Because it's hard because when you have that big client, you're almost spending all your time servicing that one client right. and you don't have time to go find, you know, more clients to make that, you know, issue less. Well, I haven't really um, had an opportunity to, to, to share that experience, um, maybe on a personal level, but on a kind of, I guess, a larger platform, I, w- I would definitely say to diversify the client base. Yeah. And um, I was just at a meeting a couple of weeks ago and, you know, no, no opportunity is too small because sometimes those small opportunities can grow. And, um, and and treat the small opportunity with the same quality and care as a large opportunity. Because you just never know. Because one thing leads to the next. And um, quality, quality, quality. Yeah. You said that before, too. Like, no opportunity is too small. And it's an interesting um, comment that you make there. Because a lot of people will look at small opportunities and be like, oh, that's, it's not worth my time. Um, why is it that you, you know, like, have you seen that born through where you do the small opportunity, um, where it maybe isn't worth your time and it has grown? Like, does that happen consistently for you? So it, 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 um, yes, it has, has grown. And, uh, you know, I have a client that there'll be small opportunities and medium opportunities, but, or sometimes there's volunteer opportunities. But what makes it good is that relationship and partnering with that client and knowing that they can count on us and the value that we bring. Because you don't have to kill it on every opportunity. And sometimes to me, the relationship is more important because I know I'll get more work from that client. And then, you know, one time I was like, oh, what's the budget for this? Oh, well, there's no budget. I'm just hoping that you could, you know, volunteer. Okay. But, you know, and then sure enough, a couple of weeks later, hey, I got this, you know, medium-sized opportunity for you. Yeah. So um, it's the value that you bring and the partnership and relationship. Yeah. Um, I, I, I like that a lot. You know, I think a challenge that we have, we see in business in general is too many people think of everything they do as transactional, um, and not relationships that, that span kind of over time, right? Like you don't really have to make money every single time you interact with somebody. It's, it's not necessary. If it builds over time, that's what gets you to a successful place. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I want to ask you, uh, you know, this uh, podcast, obviously, we uh, talk to founders and entrepreneurs, um, and a lot of people are thinking about doing their own side hustle or, or taking a side hustle into a full-time business. Uh, what advice would you give somebody like that that's thinking about doing a side hustle or a small business? What can you offer? What need is unmet? And what value can you bring? that yeah. potential potential customer base. Yeah. Um, wh- what about uh, on the side of actually finding clients? I, I think that becomes the, the hard thing for a lot of people. 
Um, you were very fortunate that you had the previous business, so you had those relationships. But what if you were starting from scratch? What, what advice would you give somebody like that that doesn't know any of their clients or potential clients? Or, or customers. Um, it's that it's that research and that plan. Um, who are your potential competitors and kind of where they are? See where your competitors are what they're doing, where they are, and how you can add a better value to the, that customer. So that research. Yeah. So many um, people start businesses with no plan, so, but that will help. Yeah. Got to <laughs> have a plan. Got to have <laughs> a plan of some it. sort. <laughs> um, wean it works sometimes, but not all yeah, the times. And right. having a plan is useful. Absolutely. Um, well, Danita, this has been great. Where can our listeners uh, find and connect with you online? Seaspartners.com. S-E-A-S partners with an S.com. That's, that's where we are. You can follow me on Twitter, Danita Dolman, um, and Seas Partners on all the platforms, except for IG. We're not on IG yet. <laughs> Grants for biz is, though. Grants for biz. Uh, awesome. Thanks so much for being on today, Danita. Thanks for having me, Sanjay. So much fun. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Side Hustle to Small Business podcast, powered by Hiscox. To learn more about how Hiscox can help protect your small business through intelligent insurance solutions, visit hiscox.com. That's H-I-S-C-O-X.com. And if you have a story you want to hear on this podcast, please visit hiscox.com slash share your story. I'm your host, Sanjay Park. You can find me on Twitter at at Sanjay, that's S-A-N-J-A-Y, or on my website at sanjayparik.com.